When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? My name is Josh. Welcome to the Barca Bloodgrounders podcast. Hope everyone had a good week, a fun week filled with uh, Euro excitement and not worrying about Lionel Messi being a free agent. Uh, so let's go over some Barcelona news and then we'll get into Euro stuff uh, right after that. So like I mentioned, Lionel Messi, as I'm recording this on July 1st, yesterday officially became a free agent, or I guess today at midnight, uh, became a free agent. Uh, El Presidente said, quote, we want him to stay and Leo wants to stay. Everything is going well. We have the issue of fair play. We are in the process of finding the best solution for both parties. I would like to announce that he is staying, but at the moment I cannot say it because we are in the process of looking for the best solution for both parties. So based off reporting, based off kind of what, you know, El Presidente is saying, it seems like Right now, both parties want this to, well, obviously Barcelona wants it to happen, but it seems like Messi wants this to happen as well. And so long as Barcelona don't screw it up from the corporate side, he's going to be coming back. Uh, I think if previous presidential uh, parties were involved, I would not feel as good about this, but I do still, like, he's he's probably going to stay. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of stuff on social media and in the blogosphere, uh, rumors of other clubs maybe approaching him, whatever. This is just like when LeBron, well, I guess this isn't when Le, like LeBron is a free agent because LeBron leaves everywhere, but uh, it's very similar to just any sort of, anytime a free agent, like someone like a Lionel Messi's there, you like, you know, you send a text, maybe an email, phone call. You just have to. Uh, he's coming back. Uh, Inter Milan are reportedly looking at Sergio Roberto to replace their Hakimi loss as he moves on to PSG. Um, this I did find a little interesting. So there was a report that Pep Guardiola recommended Luis Enrique to uh, Juan Laporte as the as someone who could return to Barcelona to coach. Um, this was apparently at some sort of golf outing. I guess I'm not sure about the timing of it, but I would assume it was before uh, they not re-signed, but reassured Ronald Koeman he would have at least a couple more weeks as Barcelona manager. And I gotta say. Uh, I wouldn't hate that, you know? Granted, Enrique managed Barcelona at a time where I probably could, not really, this is, you know, being a little sarcastic, but theoretically anyone could have managed Barcelona. They had, you know, the MSN, they had, you know, Iniesta and Xavi still, like the midfields, the defense, like everything was world-class. And uh, Luis Enrique is still a great manager, so I don't want to take too much away from him, but I would be... I wouldn't be mad if he came back. And then last bit of Barcelona news before we move on to Euro stuff, Barcelona reportedly offered Sergio Busquets a 50% pay cut, which I got to say, you know, uh, I'm surprised it wasn't 75, but hopefully they can come sort of, you know, come to some sort of amicable solution. Also, I forgot to mention in the Sergio Roberto 
Inter Milan stuff. So as I say that, there was I wrote up something two days ago, a couple days ago, uh, two days ago about there was a report that Barcelona were looking into a Sergio Roberto contract extension. <laughs> so it's like the Roberto stuff's just going to change day by day. Like if they can get any sort of, I guess what around like twenty million for him, it might be possible uh, for a transfer. But I don't think they're going to take any less. And then. If you don't get what you want, like he he can leave next year. So you got to do something. Um, let's move on to Euro stuff because that's really what we all want to talk about. So not got phase. We're just going to go through the games one by one. Uh, Wales 0, Denmark 4. That was interesting a little bit. I, I don't really have like notes from this game because Wales just looked horrible and Denmark looked inspired and that was really cool. Italy 2, Austria 1. This game was very interesting because Italy had to work for it. And I think I didn't learn a lot about Italy's peak. Like, as they go into the Belgium match, I'm still... That's still a toss-up to me. Uh, But we did learn Italy has uh, a little bit of that it factor, right? Like, the, the match is slipping away. What can they do sort of it factor? And that's just... That's something important a team has to have in the Euros. Uh, Netherlands, zero. Czech Republic, two. And then Frank de Boer was uh, let go. Or I don't know if it was let go or an amicable split. But he is no longer the manager of the Netherlands national team. And the Czech Republic move on. Belgium, one. Portugal, nil. Gosh, what a dud this game was. I mean, Portugal, like... Let me let me pull up the stats for this if I can. Um... Portugal had 23 shots with four shots on target. Belgium had six shots with one shot on target. <laughs> I mean, this game was just an absolute, just like Portugal are one of the most frustrating, like, I don't know, man. And I honestly, like they didn't play, their defense was good, right? Like you... You controlled possession. You only allowed one shot on target, a ridiculous shot from Thorin Hazard. And you overall play like a pretty effective game. Like your pass accuracy was good. They just inside the box, there wasn't just, which is crazy for Ronaldo team, there just wasn't like an it. And they looked a lot like kind of how I was reminded of Barcelona looking in years past, like in the... um, in the final third and it was just it was just not good um now let's get into the fun matches croatia three spain five so i'm really happy i tuned into this match because it was kind of in the middle of the day and so i only got to catch like the second half um but let me pull up the stats for this croatia spain here we go so starts off the game Pedrion goal uh then Spain tie it up. Here we go. Oh, what's that? Cesar Azpilicueta. Spain take the lead. What's that? Ferran Torres. Spain are up 3-1. And then two goals in the final 10 minutes of play from Croatia was just the most thrilling ends to a year. This is this is the match of the tournament so far. Um, and then in extra time, Alvaro Morata um, and then Mikhail tied. Notch another one to make it 5-3. But... I like I came out of this match both feeling really like a lot better about Spain because obviously like two matches in a row where they score five goals, right? Like after 
um, after the first two matches in group play where their offense just looked horrible. To have offensive production in the last two games like this was inspiring. Uh, but they also just totally... And it was the same thing France did, right? Like, we're going to talk about the France match next, but, like, the final 10 minutes, these teams just get, like, lackadaisical, and um, it's just not... It's just I, I don't know. Like there's not there's not a ton to take away from it other than their defense just gets lax and the other team plays inspired in the last ten minutes and desperate and things happen. Um France three, Switzerland three. This game so it starts off right, Switzerland score in the first half. France look horrible. France are down one zero. They switch things up in the second half, they bring on Kingsley Coma and they change the formation. Benzema scores twice in five minutes, three minutes uh, to go up 2-1. And then Pogba with the unbelievable shot from outside the box in the 75th minute to put him up 3-1. And then same thing as the Spain-Croatia match, final 10 minutes of play. Switzerland score twice, send it to extra time. Nothing happens in extra time. We go to penalties, blah, blah, blah. You guys know the story. Mbappe misses the final penalty. Um, lessons from this game. Uh, get Paul Pogba out of Manchester United, please, because this version of Paul Pogba is inspiring. He's thrilling. Like the control that he had on the midfield throughout this tournament was, I mean, he was France's best player. And obviously, like you had the flashy shot and in his penalty, he was clinical. But the way he controlled the midfield was just, he looks like a different player than when he does with Manchester United. Uh, and then Switzerland, yeah, like they executed. Um, they. Like there's not really a ton to it, right? Like they, the first half was a, a wash, but the fact that they were able to compete with that second half version of France and come up with two goals in the final 10 minutes. And then France, obviously they take out Griezmann and Benzema because they're up three, one with 10 minutes to play. And so they take out two of their best offensive players. And so heading into extra time, they don't really have any offensive spark and in penalties, they're missing Griezmann and Benzema, which, you know, all the other guys hit their shots except for Mbappe, but uh, it still hurts not having those guys, obviously. And so um, I don't necessarily like the the first half strategy from Deschamps. Deschamps, I'm so, I always mess up his name, sorry. Didier Deschamps uh, was just crap, obviously. And he realized that and he made adjustments and France looked great. Like, I don't know if you blame him for France crap in the bed in the final 10 minutes the same way you don't really blame Luis Enrique for Spain falling asleep in the final 10 minutes of the Croatia match of uh, regular time. And so I don't know, there's not a ton to take away from this other than like France just didn't, they were a lot like kind of like the Miami heat, I guess when they had LeBron and like, they would just kind of wait and toy with teams. And I don't know. Uh, I don't know what he was doing in the first half, but it probably cost them the tournament spot. And then last day of, um, the round of 16, knockout phase, England 2, Germany nil. England finally looked decent offensively immediately when Jack Grealish comes on, ironically. Uh, he was involved in both goals, looked great. Raheem Sterling, Harry Kane. England, incredibly impressive. Germany, incredibly. And yeah, that's all I got. Sweden 1, Ukraine 2. I'm honestly surprised Ukraine didn't pull this out in extra time. Like I, I liked them going into that match, but... I don't have a ton of thoughts on Ukraine, I'm going to be honest. So that sets up the quarterfinals. Final eight teams, Switzerland versus Spain, Belgium versus Italy, Czech Republic versus Denmark, Ukraine versus England. So this is like setting up for freaking England to be in the finals, which is just like 
oh my gosh, the f- I didn't, okay, I should have known this, but the final is in London. Both semifinals are in London. I guess I hadn't really looked ahead. Like I, I had read that they were opening things up for the semifinal and final, uh, like full capacity, but I didn't, like it didn't register, I guess. Holy crap. So this is setting up really nicely for England. Uh, like granted, Ukraine is not a walkover, but theoretically they're more talented than Ukraine by far. They should beat Ukraine. And then they'll have either Denmark or the Czech Republic in the semifinal. They should beat either of those teams too. Um, and on the other side, Switzerland, and we knew this side was going to be the tougher side, right? Uh, we thought France was going to be here, but Switzerland versus Spain, Belgium versus Italy, any one of these four teams could come out. Uh, if I had to lean, I would obviously, I would still probably, I would honestly lean Italy based off the injury stuff I'm seeing from um, De Bruyne and uh, Hazard. Like they're both missing time. They both missed training today, I think. Um, and yeah. So if I had to make a prediction, it would be um, Spain versus Italy in the semifinals, England versus Denmark, just because I think Denmark has something weird going on. And then that was like a very Bill simmons take. Listen, <laughs> Denmark obviously have some sort of, um, they're playing for Christian Eriksen, like it's very inspiring. And they looked really good against Wales. And whether or not that was just Wales being crap, because Wales did not look good in the group stage matches. So... They might just be horrible, and Denmark got the worst team in the knockout stage. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, but, I mean, we're really setting up here for an England versus Italy, England versus Spain, England versus Belgium final in London, which would just be like, <sighs> that'd be good stuff. All right, everyone, enjoy the matches this weekend. I actually will have a pod. I should have a pod before the finals next week. So if you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do it, and I will talk to you next time.